When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And I'm Ben. I write some videos here at the same website and hang out with Mr. B himself. Yep, and uh, today we've got uh, another interesting topic, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, Route 66. It was a listener suggestion. And if you recall, we had one just recently um, suggested by the same listener, actually. It was um, um, Chris. fuel dragsters. Well, no, it was uh, Chris from Autobahn, uh, Autobahn, Pennsylvania, who wanted to hear about... um, the Cadillac Ranch in Carhenge. Oh, yes, and yes. And he also mentioned Route 66 because there are an awful lot of roadside attractions along Route 66. Mm-hmm. And you and I both mentioned that we would like to maybe make that its own topic. So here we go. Sticking sticking by our word. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pretty easy to do so in this case because Route 66, uh, I don't know, Scott, you and I are both uh, big fans of road trips. And for a long time, this was the iconic road trip. You know, it was right up there with the Pan American Highway. Yeah. So I guess what we could do um, real quick, I'll catch us up on the backgrounds, right, or the the history of it. Great. You want to? Yeah. Okay, so we've got some great articles on the site here, but this, uh, why don't you do the specs and I'll do the little. Do the specs, no problem. Um, Route 66 is a, it's a, well, I guess it's a a highway that travels in between Chicago and Los Angeles. It's it's uh, it's just an efficient way, or it was an efficient way, to get between um, Chicago, Illinois, and Los Angeles. Uh, the entire route itself was about, I think the the best estimate so far, a common number, is around twenty four hundred and forty eight miles. So two thousand four hundred forty eight miles from end to end. Um, it was designated somewhere around the mid twenties. I think it was nineteen twenty six. Yeah, and um, it was at the time it was the principal east-west artery. Um, mm-hmm. It was about the only way you could do it. Um, that's why it became this, you know, such a popular road. It was just uh, it was easy access to the to the west coast um, or to the Midwest, depending yeah. on which way you're traveling. Um, the uh, the thing about Route 66 is though that early on, when it was first designated as a highway, only 800 of those miles were paved. Yes, so you had a very rough road. Uh, up until about 1937, when uh, the, the entirety of the road was paved, mm-hmm. um, and that was something that kind of brought about a lot of jobs for 
youth at the time who, um, you know, of course, came out of the Great Depression. We right. needed something like that. So um, they were put to work, um, you know, paving the roads and, and getting things done, con, you know, construction, maintenance, and that type of thing were were uh, there as well, you know, afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also gave work to local business owners and anybody really trying to make, make a buck, trying to make something out of themselves mm-hmm. on, on their highway. They were able to open up uh, diners. They were able to open up um, even camping spots. You know, if they just had a piece of land, uh, camping was a big thing on Route 66. Absolutely. And, um, of course, you know, there were hotels and there were also roadside attractions like we talked about. Right, you know, with, we did, uh, yeah. You know, I don't know, paper mache dinosaurs and uh, sure. you know, craters and things like that. So I think there is actually one with paper mache dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are. There's probably many of them, right? And a lot of... Uh, a lot of Gas stations popped up along the way, and souvenir shops, and um, even a lot of these hotels had. Um, well, they were they were hotels, gas stops. They had mm. swimming pools. They mm. had things for the whole family to do. So you could just pull over and make it, you know, half of a day of a stop. Make a day of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and um, it was just it was, a, it was a great way to get to and from well Chicago and L.A. and anywhere in between. Scott, let me tell you a story. A little story about Route sixty six. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, like every good story, once upon a time. Uh, well, once upon a time, there were uh, these two guys, Cyrus Avery and a guy named John Woodruff. And this is going back to what you're saying in the 20s. They wanted some sort of thing linking Chicago to L.A. And this was in the midst of highway fever across the U.S., you know. Um, and as you said, highway fever. Yeah. Wow. Let's build some highways. Okay. This is this is a huge country. Yeah. Let's get across. And um, one of the things that's very interesting about Route 66 uh, is that it was designed to, as you said earlier, it was designed to go through these small towns. They wanted it to be called the Main Street of America, mm-hmm. which I think I think they actually did market it that way when it opened. Um, and. John Steinbeck, of course, also calls it, you know, the Mother Road mm-hmm. from Grapes of Wrath, um, because just as just as you said earlier, it did offer a lot of unemployed people opportunities to have a solid job paving the road, to also have a solid job. I, I mean, it, it's almost impossible to estimate the economic boon that this was to have Route 66 go through your small town yeah, in it, Oklahoma or something. And it did meander. This road meanders. Oh yeah, from from Chicago to L.A. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go. It's not a very direct route at all, but it no. is. It is a, I guess, a southern route. It mm-hmm. goes through eight states. Um, it goes through Illinois, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and then into California. So it uh, it does have a lot of stops along the way. Now Kansas is just one little tiny corner, but um, and I believe Texas really just crosses the top of it. But it still counts. It does count. <laughs> yeah, it counts. And uh, like you said, it just goes through every little town along the way that, that's possible, and that was uh, with intent mm-hmm. you know, that that uh, it joined big cities, little cities together, which formerly maybe you know wasn't happening at all. Which I don't know about you, Scott, but when I take road trips, one of the things that I enjoy the most uh, is often those, those sort of byways or, or where you bypass the major highway mm-hmm. and you get a chance to go through and, and see the sites that aren't surrounded by billboards or, you know, five lanes of pavement on your left. You know, it's yeah. it's just uh, beautiful to get out there. I totally agree. I, I like to get off the highway, but I haven't done it so much recently. Um, right. I used to, you know, if I had a little time to make a weekend trip, I'd, I'd get off the main highway. You know, I wasn't wasn't so focused on getting to where I'm going uh, quickly. It was more, you know, just enjoying the ride on the way. Mm-hmm. And 
as uh, as we said, you know, it's interesting to me that you've got a very precise number here uh, for the mileage of the interstate because it was difficult for me also to estimate it. And you know, as as Scott said earlier, uh, everybody, it's even now it's tough to tell exactly how close it is. Well, That's probably the best guess you're going to get. It's not even on a map anywhere, really. Right. Um, and this number just happened to come up in a few places, the same the same number. A lot of people just round it off to an even 2,400 miles. Um, again, it's very difficult to tell where the exact route was at mm-hmm. one time now because there are no more markers that, uh, right. that, that mark Route 66 other than some historic markers that say, you know, this is this part of the road was was historic Route 66 mm-hmm. at one point. It's no longer got this U.S. Des- designation as a highway. Oh, Scott, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt, my friend, but before we go into historic Route 66, mm-hmm. let's do one more heyday thing. Okay. Are you ready? Okay, yeah. so by all estimations, Route 66 is a long way, right? Yeah. Okay, check this out. Um, people were so crazy about this when it opened, and they really wanted to publicize it, because if you were growing up in that time or if you were a businessman in that time, it might be difficult to imagine how much your life would change with this thing. So our colleague Amanda Arnold, um, who does the coolest stuff on the Planet blog, she had this uh, interesting post where she talks about people running on Route 66. Running on Route 66. A marathon. 20, 26.2 miles, right? <laughs> the, uh, the, the whole way. Yeah, the whole way. The all whole 20, way. 2,400 miles. People yep, running. The whole shebang, as that, they say. And right. 19- I, would, I would get tired driving 2,400 miles. You know, I imagine they were jogging or at least sleeping, and you'll see why. <laughs> because back in uh, 1928, you know, so just after it opens, right, the civic leaders are trying to let everyone know that this road exists. And so based on a joke, purportedly, that someone else made, these civic leaders started an organization that eventually gave birth to a road race across Route 66. And uh, the kind of unofficial name for it was the Bunyan Derby. Oh, very yeah, funny, right. Very funny. And uh, some, not only did people compete, a lot of people dropped out. 275 lined up at the start, and more than 100 dropped out eventually because it goes through the Mojave Desert. Yeah, you know? sure. And uh, at the end of it, Somebody did complete the race, and they won. Several people completed. But the winner, a fellow named Andy Payne, uh, ran for 87 days. 87 days to run 2,400 miles. 87 days, the whole the whole thing. Wow. That's amazing. I, I can't imagine that type of journey, that, I mean, running that entire distance. I, I could see maybe walking and taking mm. months and months to do that. Right, But, but a, yeah. a race, well, running he, a race, it's very he difficult. He won $25,000. So there is that. $25,000 in what year? And, and back then in uh, 28, in, in March of 1928. Wow. That's, so that's big money, huh? That is big money. I mean, it's also a long run. It is a long run. <laughs> but so that's how... <laughs> I wonder how many pairs of shoes he went through. I don't know. Did, yeah. Do you think he... Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. I had he a friend, had to, yeah. I had a friend who hiked the Appalachian Trail and he went through some ridiculous amount of, of hiking boots on really? the way. Just, just simply wore them out. Um, I can't imagine how many would go through running on Route 66, plus shoes made in the in the 20s. And let's keep in mind it wasn't paved. Yeah, that's true. That's true. A lot of that, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, a lot of it was on dirt roads and you had uneven surfaces, gravel, and... Yeah. Oh, man. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. 
someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. But still, still at all, it did get paved as as the good Mr. B pointed out earlier, mm-hmm. and it did become a, a godsend for a lot of people. And eventually, though, things kind of changed. Yeah, it fell into uh, it fell into disrepair. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was probably, I think what you're talking about is just after World War II, right? Yeah, that's uh, when it began. Yeah, they said that it started, the road started to degrade um, after World War II, and that was because of just the the incredible amount of traffic that that was using that road at that time. Um, you know, servicemen and women mm-hmm. uh, traveling back and forth, um, east to west, west to east, and um, also just the the you know the day to day travel, you know, ordinary citizens um, sure. traveling it back and forth, millions and millions of cars, and um, a lot of it was. To the point where it's just just beginning to crumble, and mm-hmm. the road was really narrow. It was uh, not structurally made for that type of traffic. For that and, volume, yeah, that kind of volume. You're right, and um, it just kind of fell into disrepair. And the Eisenhower Interstate System, which mm-hmm. is what we talked about uh, not a little while ago, a little while back. Uh, but the Eisenhower Highway Act of 1956, that kind of that's the beginning of the end mm-hmm. uh, for this road because with that came uh, a lot of bypasses. So you're bypassing some of these cities that you were normally traveling through, you know, where you would spend your dollars on on a hotel in a small town. Now you're on the highway and you're able to make better time, just completely bypass that city. It's a straight shot. 
Yeah, it was a more direct route. It was a better road, you know, because the other one, it, the other one was simply smaller. Just wasn't holding up as well. Um, a lot of people chose to take that road instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so with these bypasses, that that you know, by by about 1970, I believe is when they said that most of it was bypassed at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one little town that held out until the very end, um, and that was what was the name of that town? Williams, I believe. Are Williams. You- I'm. I'm trying to think of the name of the town that, that held out. I think it was Williams. Um, I believe you're correct. You know what? I'm going to have to dig through my notes, but um, I want to say Williams, California. Is that right? Yeah. Anyways, I'll look it up. <laughs> um, but it, that was in 1984, and that was the final little straw in this, uh, in, well, on this Campbell's back, I guess, that, you know, that broke it. Because and then by... That was 19- a weird way to say that, wasn't it? Yeah, but, yeah, by 1984 it was gone mm-hmm. and completely bypassed, and then they just removed it from all the maps. Yeah, because it was, I think, uh, for about a, a year or a series of months, it was still on maps and still on paper, uh, but then by 1985, they took it off. I've got a smirk on my face. You know why? Why, do, why are you smirking? Because I've already looked up the information. Wow, you're fast. Uh, yeah, well, I had my notes. I just didn't know where. It was uh, on 19, on the maps until 1984 when Williams, Arizona was by Arizona, so it was Arizona, that's so right. See, I corrected myself. I prevented mm-hmm. a, a ton of listener mail there. Delete your emails now. That's right. Yeah, they're already writing. But uh, <laughs> Williams, Arizona was bypassed, and that was the final, the final straw. And that was it. But... You know, if we if we ever take you down on this podcast a little, mm-hmm. uh, we always try to bring you up yep. toward the end. So let's say, Scott, that I have won the uh, won the auto show lottery. Okay, it's you and I and the guys at Car Talk and a couple other people, and I'm the winner. And so I can retire, and I want to drive Route 66, but it's not around anymore. You still can do it. I still can do yeah, it. Yeah, up to, this is uh, just an estimate here, but um, according to the National Historic Route 66 Federation, mm-hmm. uh, 85% of the original road is still drivable. Ka-ching. So 85%. Now, you'd have to find a way around the other 15%, but, um, and, and not only that, it's not completely marked. I've read this in many places that yes. it's highly recommended that if you want to make a, a Route 66 trip, which a lot of people still do, you can start in Chicago, you can end up in L.A., Mm-hmm. Right at the Santa Monica Pier, I believe, is where you end up, or close to it. Awesome. Um, you can still make that trip, but it's recommended or highly recommended that you you buy maps that are mm-hmm. specially made for this trip because uh, it's not marked along the way, so you don't have that benefit of you know any kind of street signs at all. Names have uh, changed. Exactly. A lot of names have changed. So it'll tell you. Um, it's kind of like, remember those um, on the... the was it the Trans-American Trail? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, with the motorcycle trip, but the off-road trip, uh, they had the uh, the meters that you'd able to read. You had the to little read. scroll things? Exactly, the yeah. scrolls, and you'd read uh, the mileage and you know what road to take and look for this monument. That's exactly the way you have to follow this road now. So it's it's a tedious trip. It would take you a long time. It takes like five or six days, I think. Really? I didn't yeah. know the length of time it took you, but um, there's, there's detailed information for every state you can go through, it, and there's free information online. You can print it, but it would be... Huge, it'd be enormous. Even or you, that little corner of Kansas, well, <laughs> that might be the shortest part of all. Yeah, but um, uh, you know, along the way, it shows you points of interest and some historic landmarks, things like that. You know, it just gives you a lot of history along the way as well. But uh, you can also buy a complete set of maps that will you know take you from end mm-hmm. to end. So I think it's it's well worth the money. I don't know what the cost is even, but I would say that you don't want to get stuck out there in the middle of nowhere. And there's also there's also GPS uh, systems. That uh, yeah. are programs that will guide you along the way. If you you have to, I don't know if you have to buy a special 
uh, program for this or not, you know, mm-hmm. to, like download special instructions or not. But I, I think you would. That's a brilliant idea. That's probably that's probably what I would do. I think that's a really good idea too. Yeah. Is if I won this fictitious auto show yeah. lottery. <laughs> well, hey, how about then we close it out by just naming some of the places that people can go to. Fantastic. What so you got? Good. Okay, um, and we'll switch off. I think we have some of the same information here. So there's Hackberry General Store in Arizona, and this is at mile marker 80 for people driving on historic Route 66. And it's a general store which is full of Route 66 memorabilia. It's sort of a roadside attraction themed on Route 66. So you can, uh, I don't think you can get gas there anymore, but you can get pretty much everything else as long as it says Route 66 oh, on see. it. I see. That's the, uh, the big souvenir stop. Yeah, that's the souvenir okay. stop. Okay. That's souvenir stop. Very good. Can I tell you my favorite one? Go ahead. You know what? When Here's the here's the funny thing. Ben. What's I'm the funny thing? kind of laughing over here. You said we'd trade off and on yeah. with these? We had the same list, right? Right. When I heard you had the same list, I just threw mine away. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, so go oh, ahead. you just, know what, though? Just, it was worth it. You guys should have seen it. We have a <laughs> we have a wastebasket across the room, and Scott somehow made the shot. Yeah. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Anyway. Remarkable. Yeah, basketball skills aside. Uh, So there's Twin Arrows, which is in Arizona, and this is in Flagstaff. Uh, It's just what what it sounds like. It's two giant yellow and red arrows 
and they're telephone poles, and they stick out of the asphalt on the roadside. So look out. There must be giant Indians in the area, right? I imagine so. It must been, or must have been at some time. Or, yeah, perhaps. You know, I'm no archaeologist, so <laughs> I, I can't I can't argue the science on that. Yeah, I'm sure it's very scientific. Here's one. Here's one you really like. Yeah. Cadillac Ranch in Texas. Oh, we've talked about we've that. We've talked right? about yeah. this, so yep. you can find it on Route 66. Great. I'll see how we do this podcast, you guys. Everything's coming Remember, together. Remember, that one's been moved two miles. It has been moved two miles. That's true. Yeah. yeah, so make sure you catch up on that episode before you get out there. And here's – this is a funny description, so I'm going to read this right from our article. There's a thing also in Arizona called Giganticus Hedicus. <laughs> okay. All right. I in, can guess. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry if I mispronounce the name, but in Wallapai, Arizona, for no discernible reason – there's a 14-foot-tall tiki head. Interesting. Yeah. And these are, these are the kind of things we're talking about. I, you know, I guess we're just dwelling on Arizona. So um, in Illinois, as Scott mentioned earlier, there's the Cozy Dog Drive-In. Cozy Dog. Cozy Dog, oh, Springfield, nice. Illinois. Yeah. Uh, the home of the original hot dog on a stick. Ah. I'm a sucker for stuff like that at, drive, mm-hmm. at, at any sort of roadside attraction. Sure. The home you know. of something? Like this is mm-hmm. the original? Yeah, yeah. I don't even have to like it. Okay. You know, it's like the home of... Well, who doesn't like a hot dog on a stick? I mean, are we talking about a co- uh, corn dog or is it just a regular hot dog on a stick? Well, it says hot dog on a stick, but I hmm. imagine surely they surely they have the corn dog option. I would hope so. Maybe it's blasphemous to ask. You know, mm-hmm. maybe they get very angry. And then you can see Petrified Forest. Uh, you can also see um, the Wigwam Motel, which is just so interesting. San Bernardino, California. It's a... Every... <clears throat> Let me see how I would describe this. They have teepees. So I don't know why. They, they call it the wigwam, mm-hmm. and they have teepees. They're 30 feet tall, uh, and they're about 25 feet wide with windows, and so you can sleep you in the what? teepees. I've seen this before. You've seen this one? Yeah, and I don't, I don't know where, but I know I've seen that before. I, I know that I've seen the wigwam hotel. Um, it seems like it's popular in, uh, you know, it's been around in movies and things. I, I know it has. You can also see now. I know it sounds from this list as though the only interesting stuff is in Arizona, but that's not true. It's just some of my favorites this is there. Arizona centric list. Yes, this exactly okay. my Arizona bias. Um, between Winslow and Flagstaff, there's a gigantic crater uh, left by a meteor f- about more than fifty thousand years ago, and it's two point four miles in circumference. Awesome. Yeah, I would totally drive yeah, to see that. I would too. And do you remember? Did, did you did your ears perk up when I said Winslow, Arizona, Scott? Ah, uh, such a fine sight to see. You got it. You yeah. got it. It's yeah. uh, the Eagles song, and uh, Winslow is such a fan of the Eagles for mentioning them in that song that they actually have built a statue of a man holding a guitar, presumably singing that song. Ah, so there's some of the things that you can see on Route 66. Very good. Very and good. only a few. There's and so that's just more. a couple. I mean, yeah. there's, there are thousands of things along the way. And if you buy those maps or if you get mm-hmm. your hands on those maps, um, you know, download them, whatever, um, you'll find just hotel after after hotel after uh, diner mm-hmm. and, and souvenir shops and old abandoned um, um, fuel stations. Mm-hmm. Just really interesting things along the way that you want to stop and look at. So there's a... There's a I don't know, wealth of Americana out there. Yeah, it's very strange that maybe Route 66 itself has gone down as sort of a, an historical uh, an historical idea, but it still persists in, you know, not just the American subconscious, but global subconscious, anybody who likes to drive. Sure. 
probably has seen movies that have this in their red books. I'd love to drive the remaining 85% myself. I would totally do that, too. All right. Yeah. And I guess that wraps it up for us on Route 66, huh? That's all I've got. All right. So now that we have uh, given you a brief overview of Route 66, we're probably going to call it a day and uh, wish you guys the best out there on the road. Uh, And if you have any ideas for future topics or suggestions or any tidbits about Route 66 even, then send us an email. At highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new High Speed Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com.